Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Heyo, welcome in to the CHGO White Sox Podcast, presented by DraftKings Sportsbook, America's top-rated sportsbook. Download the app today and use promo code CHGO when you sign up. Welcome into Studio A of our CHGO offices here in the West Loop of Chicago. I'm Sean Anderson. You can follow me on Twitter at Sean underscore W underscore Anderson. Alongside me, as always, is the full CHGO White Sox crew. We got Vinny Duber, who is back from Australia. You can follow him on Twitter at Vinny Duber. He's our CHGO <laughs> White Sox beat writer. Is my official title now? Pretty much. Vinny Duber, back from Australia. Uh, Duber. Do I have to say that to every to every White Sox player in spring training? Hi, Vinny Duber, back from Australia. Your legal name is now Vinny, <laughs> yeah. back from Australia, Duber. Yeah. Um, and that's Herb Lawrence. Hello. You can follow him on Twitter, at EckerWall23. He is our CHGO White Sox community leader. We are the CHGO White Sox podcast. You can follow that on Twitter, at CHGO underscore White Sox. Uh, Sean, we- do you remember yesterday on the show when I joked about Nick Madrigal being an option for oh second God. base? Turns out that everyone in the comments thinks that I was being serious or has this and that as a serious opinion. It is all over Twitter. It is in the mailbag, which we're going to do today. We're going to be opening up the mailbag and we're going to <laughs> second base. And I think part of it is just because it, it's the title is uh, second base options. And we might have, Lawrence, put Nick Madrigal in the thumbnail. I don't know. Maybe. Oh, that's why. Oh, I, see. Oh, I mean, oh. he's in a bubble. I don't know if that means anything. Yeah. But, you know. Right. I mean, hey, you know, the people asked for it. What's on second? What's on second? We'll try to figure out what's on second. <laughs> the the, the White Sox cannot do tradebacks. They do not have Craig Kimbrell anymore. So, <laughs> <laughs> but uh, and yeah, wait, and you know, Nor Cody do they Hoyer have is AJ fixed. Pollock. Um, yeah, or no, they don't have. But uh, Cody Hoyer's fixed. So, is that it? help? Yeah, he's he had Tommy John, and now he. It's been a year. Okay, I think that means he's fixed, right? I mean, we can give him back Brian Flette and Matt Rose. <laughs> the two guys from the Eloy trade. Comps. Yeah, yeah. Oh. from the Eloy. Uh, Dylan C's trade. We have to like figure out like every single player, like the the final Cubs Sox trade. You know, every single player that ended up going to the Cubs, every under, single player that ended up to the Sox. I mean, Neil Cots. Neil Cots. Yeah. But he went <laughs> back. What, David Ardsma. Yeah, David Ardsma. Uh, like John like, Garland. Like, did Neil Cots have finished the Sox, or did he finish a he Cub? Finished. I mean, he didn't finish a Cub. I think he was a Cub after he was a White Sox. Okay. I think A White Sox. Then he went other places. Then eventually the Cubs. I don't know. I don't think that's going to make sense. Oh, that was the trade, wasn't it? Cots for Ardsma, straight up? Oh, yeah, I forgot. Ardsma and Neil Cots. Well, before we get into and this wasn't in the mailbag, um, just before, and I just saw it like uh, another one. So uh, if you guys are in the chat, uh, thank you very much, and uh, make sure you like this as well. Uh, Baseball Toss said, have you heard the McCann for Garcia rumor? This was the other one. Herb texted me about it about 10.45 p.m. Uh, There was a rumor... Uh, Real rumor or someone on the internet said rumor. That's literally Um, what I I sent him the text. I was like, it's getting way too much, you know, play on Twitter by people who are like, they usually don't dabble in that stuff. And so I sent him, I was like, is this real? He's like, no, I haven't heard it. So I was like, that's what I thought too. So yeah, I was very weirded out by, I I saw McCann for Garcia. I was like, who wants that? Which which team wants that? I heard, the the one rumor that I saw, and I just immediately knew it was fake for this reason. It was James McCann and Eduardo Escobar for Nick Madrigal. Not for Nick Madrigal. For Lurie Garcia. uh, For Lurie Garcia. I don't understand. Are the White Sox only allowed to trade for players they've had before? Honestly. (laughs) I mean, we we have to stay in the bubble. We liked Andrew Benatendi since 2016. We have to get Andrew Benatendi. But he at least hadn't played for the team before. We liked Mike Clevenger. Now like, go get McCann, go (laughs) get uh, Eduardo Escobar. Just do overseas. We already got Billy Hamilton for 2021. McCann will be from the 2020 season. So we need a 1918 guy from... To Wait, return like for the Shoeless White Sox. Joe? 
Hey, the last Ooh, time the last time the White Sox gave uh, someone a notable second stint, no one was very happy about that. So yes, Adam Eaton's bum ass. <laughs> yeah, that's what I'm referring to. <laughs> I didn't like the first stint, even though he was <laughs> pretty good as a player. That that first time. Mm. Were you covering the team for the sale trade or the the Drake LaRoche thing? No, that was the that was so that was sixteen, you? right? Yeah. yeah. No, I mean I was I went to I covered several games that year, but I was not uh, the beat writer yet. Okay, because you were doing score stuff, right? Or I was San Diego. No, 16, I was in San Diego the whole year. Sorry. So, I mean, we had access to the score Twitter, at least I did. I don't know if you ever ever signed in. I don't know if you that was your, your Not your, miles your bag. away, no. Um, I, I, I used to sign into the score Twitter account, and the only, like, the oldest DM that was in there was Adam Eaton being like, and it was the day of the Drake LaRoche thing, being like, how unprofessional, I'm never coming back on the score ever again, or whatever. Um, the, the, the last, the oldest DM uh, in the score Twitter account is an angry one from Adam Eaton. So, uh, yeah, I don't know. Maybe we should relive that day, because I, I think I got a lot of questions for, uh, for people on what happened uh, with that. Uh, but anyways, uh, we're going to open up the mailbag. Uh, the CHGO diehards, and hey, if you are looking to gift the membership of an All-City uh, membership to somebody today and uh, gift a diehard uh, that membership, uh, check out allcitychgo.com. Uh, uh, you get a shirt, a sticker pack, and a membership card, and that's where you get access to our Discord, where our diehards asked us questions. So we're going to go through the mailbox and our mailbag, and I ended yesterday's show basically saying, we're going to be talking about second baseman, gentlemen, so get prepared. Uh, and we got a lot of second base questions. So uh, first off, I want to start with Shane Newbanks, who is our Cubs troll uh, in the White Sox uh, mm-hmm. a, a Discord chat. Uh, he's also in the CHGO Cubs cat chat a lot. Um, he said Aloy for Nick Madrigal. So thoughts? We're just not going not gonna to examine nope. the player yet. but That's uh, a kind of a trade back. <laughs> kind of, you know. <laughs> At least he didn't ask for Cease, too, right? Yeah, right. No, that's not happening. If Aloy was <laughs> out for the rest of his career, I wouldn't dick that trade. <laughs> you uh, would have to. No, I would I would still be like, no, I think Aloy might have a, a chance to come back and give us much better than we're getting from Nikki. It's something. I'm good, um, Mr. 3000. And uh, our guy Champagne Dan said, uh, current free agent, second base, Andrews, uh, also one of uh, now, all right, now uh, would Leary uh, start? at second base opening day. So uh, I think Leary, if it was opening day, he would get the start at second base. He just probably because, would. You know, yeah. He's on the Hall of Fame ballot. <laughs> he probably would get the start. And that's not even like a joke, like, oh, take the Leary, of course. No, like he's a, a, he's a Major League Baseball he's player, and yeah. he would probably get that uh, starting nod. That's not to say that uh, Romy Gonzalez or uh, some other young guy couldn't take that job away from him by playing better. But uh, as we've been discussing kind of over and over again, I just have to. I just have to imagine they're going to go out and get somebody, even if it's even if it's a guy that's not of a very exciting caliber. They got to go out and get somebody with the with the internal options that they have at that position. And I think after his forty three games, people would probably be excited if they bought Elvis Andres back. But I think you know, if they had, I mean, I don't know what I was going to Arnold Schwarzenegger there. Um, yeah, I don't. I think people would be excited. Elvis Andres. Elvis Andres. He'll be back. Um, I think people would be excited if he's back, but. I just would think if he was coming back, they'd already get the deal done. Like, the White Sox act pretty guys, quickly. Guys, Elvis Andrews does not play second right. base. He's That's not a second too, baseman. You can stop asking whether they're going to get Elvis Andrews to play second base. He does not play second base. All right, Herb, one of the guys he suggested, shortstop. Yeah, but that shortstop is a little – it's a guy who's a defensive wizard at the position and not a guy that has started his whole career at shortstop – and has been a star at shortstop. This guy who I'm referring to is Jose Iglesias. He's a wizard with the glove. I think a transition to second base would be easy, and I would much rather probably having him with the defensive uh, traits that he has, and he's been doing well offensively. I know he played in Colorado last year, but I think that player transitions well into what the White Sox can do instead of Elvis Andres, who would have to learn a different position. He's never played in the major leagues, which Jose Iglesias, while he hasn't played a lot at second, has played there. Well, let's flash his uh, player card if we can, uh, Lawrence. Uh, so Jose Iglesias will be the first one we'll talk about. I guess it could have been Nick Madrigal because uh, he is in the list, but we'll go to Jose Iglesias first. Uh, power uh, doesn't really have it, and I've been taking numbers uh, since 2020. Uh, so since 2020, uh not a ton of power from Jose Iglesias, at least uh, compared to the leaderboard. He only has 15 home runs. Defense, uh, he is the second best defender that we will talk about today. And durability, he's played nearly 300 games since 2020. The White Sox would love to have that on their team. So, I mean, there are some positives here, but again, not a not a second baseman. And all, like I think Vinny said at the beginning of this whole free agency, second base options are shit. 
They're not great. It, they're not going to be I great. I think you're paraphrasing, but yes. yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah, yeah, he didn't say that. He wouldn't say that. But he pretty much, yeah, said that this is not going to be a, man, the White Sox really got a steal over there as a second base. Unless you're trading for specific guys on specific teams that already are established on that team as superstars or all-stars, it's going to be hard for the White Sox to get an actual good second baseman that most fans are going to be like, yes, that was a good offseason signing or good offseason trade there for the White Sox. So, Jose Iglesias, I'm trying to look at the other second basemen who are available as actual second basemen as free agents. I'm like, ooh, that is a shite list. It is not good. And so I was like, went to the shortstop list. It's not great either, but I saw Jose Iglesias, and I was like, he's a good age. He's like a 32, 33, and he's been around, and he can glove it with the best of them. A good age, 32, 33. Mm-hmm. Thanks, Herb. Yes. Thanks for the compliment. <laughs> but, uh, In your prime. Yeah, I mean, listen, uh, there's there's a lot of these guys who would obviously, in my opinion, be upgrades. And, and I think that, uh, you know, certainly he would count as one. You do wonder, you know, is it worth giving something up for the uncertainty of someone who hasn't played a lot at that position, right? I mean, I think the whole point uh, would be to upgrade over the uncertainty that you have because even if you are someone who is high on Lenin Sosa or, or Romy Gonzalez or Yolbert Sanchez or any of those young infielders that they have, there's not a lot of certainty there. Um, you know, even Oscar Colas, Oscar Royal Crown Colas, we've discussed as being more certain than your run-of-the-mill prospect because of some, some of the pro experience that he has. So um, I would, in a year where you are looking to compete for a World Series and you've just doubled down on that goal by signing Andrew Benintendi, uh, I think you would be looking for some certainty. Maybe a guy who doesn't play a lot of second base is not the most certainty that you could trade for. Yeah, I just... And, you know, he is a free agent, so, like, that's the other thing, too. You mentioned even that you would trade for, like, are they going to sign another free agent? Like, Rick Hahn was joking, like, I told you we're going to make some trades, so, of course, we went out and signed a free agent. That was about Mike Clevenger. Their next move is signing Andrew Benatendi. a five-year deal. Right, the, the <laughs> largest in, in franchise history. Yeah. So I would be pretty shocked if they dipped their toes back into the free agent market, especially if they're not bringing Elvis Andres back, who seemed to – really like it here especially you know maybe he really likes especially compared to oakland yeah oh jesus (laughs) um like it seems like he would be willing to move over to second base like just like jose iglesias was so so i don't know like i I feel like if they're not going to bring back andrews i don't think they're going to bring in iglesias just because i think andrews has just a little bit more that uh, you know a little more positives to bring to the table than iglesias I'll, i'll i'll throw some facts out there i know i've brought this up on this show several times before, but everybody is in the chat saying, oh, a shortstop can play second base, a shortstop can play second base. So I will go ahead and tell you what some folks said at the end of the year. Obviously, we know that Elvis Andrews was willing to move over to second base in the event that Tim Anderson had returned at the end of the season, and you were look- and the White Sox were looking for a way to get a guy who at times is their best hitter, Tim Anderson, and a guy who at that time was one of their hottest hitters in Elvis Andrews to have those guys in the lineup at the same time. That made sense. It made plenty of sense. They were making that last-ditch effort to make the postseason. It made sense. Elvis Andres was happy to be on the team, happy to play that veteran role, and he would have been happy to play a little second base had the manager asked him to do so. Miguel Cairo, who was the acting manager at the time, uh, was a major league infielder for a very long time. He was asked, can Elvis Andres play short, play second base? He's never done it before. And his answer was, yeah, he's a shortstop. Of course he could play second base. Some of the comments that we're seeing reflect that opinion that Miguel Cairo also had. But I'll also say this. We asked Elvis Andrews, I think on the very last day of the regular season, would you be willing to come back to the White Sox? Yes, I liked it here a lot. It would be great if we could find something to line up. Would you come back to play second base? And his answer was, if that's what my opportunity is, I would be happy to play second base. But I would venture to guess that this guy, with the end of the year that he had last year and the very long track record that he has playing Major League Baseball, would get a starting shortstop job from somebody out there. And, we've we've and already destined him to the Minnesota Twins. You have. That's true. You've already crowned him the uh, king of the Twin Cities. But uh, I, I, I do think that there has to be somebody out there that's going to give him a job starting shortstop on a Major League Baseball team, and he won't have to pick from, ooh, do I go here or back up or split time, or do I go here to the White Sox and be their everyday second baseman? I don't think it's going to make it to that decision, and that's why I'm so adamant on – Elvis Andrews is not going to come back to play second base. I know at the beginning of the show we are kind of saying that Lurie will be the second baseman by default right now. This is a person with actual MLB experience on their roster at the position. But I'm thinking that they're going to have one of the youngsters uh, be second baseman if they don't do any more moves. 
So you're going to have that. And then also a rookie in right field as currently constituted. I think Oscar Colas is the odds on favor to be the right fielder. That's going to be trouble for me. So you need to sign either a veteran second baseman or a veteran right fielder. Both of you want to, but you're going to have to do that because you do need some certainty in this lineup. You don't need to have two rookies in the lineup depending on them to perform to their back of their baseball cards, which they don't have yet. That's going to be tough. So if you can go and get certainty, maybe it's not great certainty. Maybe it's just I know what the floor is. All the rest of the people need to make up for that floor. So maybe it's not a free agent, but maybe you go out and trade for a guy that has first-round floor, a guy who has been really Uh consistent throughout his career um, and has played, you know, 142 games. I mean, that's that's an extensive major league career. Uh, Nick Mandrigal, come on down. Oh, my Jesus. (laughs) (laughs) Power. Uh, We know Nicky Two Strikes is not going to bring the power as we have seen his two career home runs. Uh, Defense. And that blast in Schaumburg, remember. And and that blast in Schaumburg. Defense check mark. Defense, I gave him a check mark. Here's the only reason. Vinny had that uh, list um, late in the season talking about uh, hitters who, um, you know, were at a certain level and, and defenders at a certain level compared to Josh Harrison. And, you know, there's Josh Harrison is at a certain level where he's really good or he's, you know, passable offensively. He's average and, at both. Yeah, average yeah. at both. Right. Um, so I just took the average defensive number, and if it was higher, then you get a check mark. Okay. Nick Madrigal in 142 games has been a check mark uh, better than Josh Harrison over the past two years at defense. Thank you. So that's why the check is. It's, it's just based on stats and stats alone. We can obviously argue that because we've seen the eye test as well. I'm not opposed to the eye test here. I'm just saying, like, you know, those are the stats. Durability, obviously, though, uh, he does not get a check because he was hurt all the damn time. I mean, I'll just say this. Nick Madrigal does no longer has a job, correct? Thank you, Lawrence. Nick Madrigal no longer has a job, right? I mean, no. theoretically, he can be moved to first. Yeah, no. I mean, uh, hilarious. Uh, uh, yeah. Where's the joke. Where's the Price is Right Wronghorn oh. on that one, Lawrence? <laughs> <laughs> nice. <laughs> that we had the actual Price is Right. One. That is. Um, yeah, no, I, I said oh. I'm glad we had that because oh, I, I thought he was just going to go to the X, like. Eh, but that's no, the he, Family Feud X. He had the right? style. Yeah, there you go. Um, Need to get my game shows in order. I mean, Armando did say his question, and we on the on the, the chat. It was, should the Sox trade for Nick Magical now that the Cubs have Swansby and Horner in the middle infield? Probably could get him for cheap. So yes, I mean he he has I been mean, kind of expedited from the start. Swansby, which is a great conglomeration of oh, his Swansby. It's a portmanteau, maybe. Yeah. Great word. Yeah. Great yeah. word. Swansby. Yeah. That's a great man. You just made up a nickname. Swansby dancing. No, he Armando did that. Armando oh, typed out Swansby. Swansby. Oh, I thought. Gotcha. Okay, so Armando, look at you out here. <laughs> yeah. Call up Crane Kinney. Give him the give him the heads up on that. Swansby. Oh, thing. yeah, Swansby. There you Swansby. go. I didn't know. Yeah. Uh, no, yeah, I don't think. I, I <laughs> no. mean, here's the, I, I guess the idea. I guess the idea is that he would be just a tremendously low cost. Is that the idea? Yeah. Well, I mean, he, well he's a former White Sox. Check. <laughs> hey, That's what it. happened to getting away from White Sox DNA, Sean? Please. The people are suggesting it. The people uh, the need people. to look elsewhere. I'm just, these are our diehards, and <laughs> they, these are what the people, this they, is what the people want. Armando is at the tailgate. Shout out, Armando. They oh. recognize the name, and they're like, all right. And maybe they were fans back in the day. He hit 300. And Everyone loves that. And everyone, that's why Andrew Benatendi's great, because he hit 300. But has he hit 300 in a consistent season with the White Sox? Uh, well, actually, his two White Sox seasons were 300. Okay. How long were those seasons? Um, I, I'm, not, I'm not defending him. I'm he's just a, saying, a like career he's, 289 hitter. He's always hurt. He's terrible at the bases. He's bad at defense, even though that check mark says he's not. There's no upside for Nick Magical unless he just turns into the player that he was supposed to turn into just by happenstance. The Cubs have already, the Cubs, a team that is supposedly rebuilding, have already recruited over him and said, hey, this shortstop that we had that was pretty good at defense, Nico Horner, Nico, go to second. We got Dansby Swanson here, who was also a plus defender. He's got no place to play on a Cubs team that is definitely rebuilding. And looking for defense. Me, that tells me all I need to know about Nick Magical. I thought when he got traded to the Cubs, I thought the, he'll be a Cub favorite. I thought he would be the player that th- he was uh, drafted to be. For, what, fourth overall? Mm-hmm. I thought he was going to be that guy, but he hasn't. And health has been the main problem. But when he has played, he hasn't been the guy, even when with the White Sox he was. Because with the White Sox, when he did play offensively, singles, doubles, Nicky two strikes, awesome. With the Cubs, Nicky three strikes. 
<laughs> he's out. Uh, Nicky Ground Ball. He's out of the the, the North Side. Uh, if you can flash that one, uh, the second base qu- question one more final time. I think we've thoroughly uh, got that. We'll go through some more options here, but I'm wondering should we take a break here? Uh, Champagne Dan. Oh, final one. Uh, our guy Ian uh, from across the pond, and I'm not sure if it's Australia or England, uh, but I know he just he's took England. a trip. England. He's across one of the ponds. Yeah. <laughs> it's big, either the big pond or the little pond. Um, but yeah, uh, Ian uh, also made a trip, as his profile picture shows, to the G-Rate uh, the, the past year. So, I mean, he's, he's a diehard for sure. Uh, but his question, uh, will we bring back Danny um, at the moment because there's no cover for Tim? Um, Mendick so, is who, yes, who Dan, you're referring to. Danny yes. Mendick. Yeah. Um, again, diehard. He knows him by first name basis. Yeah. <laughs> um, but so d- does Danny Mendick come back? Uh, he's still a free agent. The White Sox really don't have a backup shortstop, but he did tear his ACL last time we saw him. Yeah, that would seem to be a big hurdle for him getting uh, a, a major league deal of any kind, I would imagine. I mean, there probably is a team out there would be happy to give him a minor league deal, uh, given what he was able to flash in. Remember, very, very limited playing time last year. I mean, there was a you know a week or two where it was like, all right, Danny Mendick, uh, when Tim Anderson comes back, you're going to slide on over and be the everyday second baseman. Uh, it was a very limited bit of time. He did not play many games last season. You throw that in, you know, those sample size questions with the injury and and, and coming back from the injury, you're going to be the same guy. You're going to do the same thing. Uh, that is a whole lot of uncertainty, Herb. And we have been talking about when you're going into a season with these kind of expectations, wanting as much certainty as you can get your hands on. The White Sox don't have a lot of it to spare with all the guy, the other guys on the roster. If you're going out and bringing somebody in like they did with Benintendi, you're going to want somebody where you're going to know what you're going to get. Yeah, and I think the White Sox, when they go to camp, Danny Mendick won't be healthy enough to participate. You need some, like like Vinny says, you need some certainty. That was in, what, June? I don't know how long, but typically. It was what? the day I got sunburned really horribly bad. Yeah. That was the day of our tailgate. Was, oh, yeah. my God. That was a, oh, that day June was so 26. damn hot. Oh, man, I had a, a great churro and uh, a nice shower out in left field. Steven did nine for nine challenge oh, in that nine was innings. He actually did in, like, seven innings. Do you know what was also hot that day? The, the Blue Jays hitting the Blue Jays bats, <laughs> yeah, against that helmet Gito, on set, right? Yeah, that Gito helmet on set is, that day. is from Steven all year, right? But Steve, yeah, yeah, that's that was from Steven's head. But think he didn't about eat it. nachos from that. That was someone just bought the helmet. Yeah. The foam fingers from that day too. Nobody's checking for Danny Mindick right now. Like, and the pre- the team that knows him the best, the White Sox, will probably check back in him with him and say, "Hey, how's your uh, progress going? How you doing? How's the knee?" And then when he's healthy enough to sign, I'm sure the White Sox will sign him to a minor league deal or some other team. But I, I, thought, I thought it was good last year, but there's no reason to run out and sign and make sure Danny Mendick is secured for the next year. You can get a player like Danny Mendick, I think, a lot of places in the major leagues. And nothing like the White Sox looking for uh, protection for injury with a guy who's injured. You know, I mean, like, they're just, <laughs> we want a guy in case someone gets injured. But this guy might not be ready until, like, May because he Fast just tore his ACL. Purple Hazley. Um, yeah. <laughs> is, he, is he coming back? Bring Purple Hazley I need him back just for the, just for the bow, walk-up song. Bow, 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 Does bow. he actually do it? Yeah, he did Purple Haze. I don't okay. know if that's his pick, but oh, somebody was, picked it for him. That was Voodoo You were Child. singing Voodoo yeah. Child. That's okay. That's, that's good, too. Yeah, it's the same guy, at least. Um, Shady Ray has never understood why sunglasses were so expensive, so they set out to change it. You don't have to break the, quali- the bank for quality sunglasses this fall because our friends at Shady Ray's have you covered. Shady Ray's are premium polarized shades featuring world-class optical clarity, substantial durability, and styles cater to everyone and every lifestyle. Um, and, hey, I love my Shady Rays. I got two pairs. Uh, they had uh, the extras and uh, both of them. I love both my styles. I was wearing the uh, the, the blue ones where it's got the whole, like, shade sitting there in my jacket over there. Uh, but, like, the, the, the ones that just are basically the whole, like, Like frame. a visor. Yeah, yeah. they're sweet. Um, I love them. Uh, and they, they are catered to my lifestyle. Uh, Vinny got his white ones that fit him. Herb had his classic, like, black shades as well uh, that fit his style. So if you are looking to test out sunglasses this fall, and, hey, look at Lawrence stealing my property. <laughs> Shout out to you. Uh, they stand behind their product, too, this beautiful, beautiful product, and told our team that if anyone has a problem, they will throw profit out the window and do what it takes to get it right. They offer free returns and exchange to either love the shades or Shady Rays will pay them to ship them back. That's it. And look, I mean, the, you know, it's like kind of the whole thing. There's like it's all the way over. I'm not a, a glass expert. Can you help me out here, Lawrence? What's this? <laughs> you can't. Uh, they're I, looking good. I mean, oh, they look awesome. Yeah. I mean, that's the lens. Right? Is that what that is, right? The lens. I don't know. 
They look great. I, that's so. what uh, I feel like Major League Baseball players this last year or two have they're started real, to wear. They're them. real alloy. You, you know alloy would wear those? these. Alloy, yeah. Yeah. Those type of glasses. <laughs> Deion Sanders. I saw him just in the celebration Coach bowl this Prime. weekend. My guy. He wears the same type of glasses, literally without the uh, breaking the the nostril part. I was inspired. Keeps on going. All glasses. My guy. So you don't have any break right there. Look he, at you. He's going to turn Colorado into something he's very, very good special. good man. Um, six and, and six. because of glasses, go. too. Yeah, it's, it's the glasses that sell him. It's not uh, his NFL career. Uh, but Shady Rays uh, is running their deepest deal this season. Use code CHGO for 50% off two or more pairs at ShadyRays.com. Buy one, get one free. You can get two pairs for as low as $54. Oh, Redeem God. only at ShadyRays.com, where you can find all their newest and best shades uh and you're gonna need these down in arizona uh when aloy uh is playing the outfield like pedro grafal said in spring training he'll need some uh as well so get them now before uh you know it's already time for spring training uh, also have to let you know about game time uh game time is the hottest new ticketing site that makes it easier than ever to score the best deals on tickets to sports concerts and shows i told you last time alex ovechkin was in town and he could have made history. And guess what? He scored a hat trick and made history. And you could have been there for the low, low. Uh, the biggest last-minute price drops can be found on seats you never thought you could have bought. Buy. You could have been on the glass for Alex Ovechkin scoring 800 goals. History at the UC. And again, game time is the place to find the biggest last-minute price drops. You won't find a better deal this season on Blackhawks or Bulls tickets the bears also performed very admirably against the uh the eagles this past sunday so if you're looking to get out into a bears game check out game time <laughs> download the app today it was created by the fans for the fans and they guarantee the lowest price if you love chgl then you love game time the best way to support us is by buying your tickets to the link in the description join over 15 million people who have downloaded the game time app and score the best seats to all your favorite events let's keep the second base talk rolling here and let's go to the next player um and we'll go to one Vinny suggested We'll go to our guy, Brandon Lau. We've talked about him before, um, but a familiar name in the trade market. Power check. Um, I found this stat hilarious. Out of the players that we're talking, and I even threw Josh Harrison in here as well. Um, isolated power is a stat we've been looking at recently. There is one player with an isolated power over 200 in this, in this market. It's Brandon Lau, and it sits at 250. Ooh. Since since 2020, Jeez. next highest Matt Carpenter at 198. So uh, in the power department, clear check mark for Brandon Lau. Defense, he's getting an X again. The baseline number for defensive WAR was around 3.6. He's at a minus seven. And durability, um, he's played 270 games, which isn't bad, but he also has back issues that kept him out in 2022. So he's gonna get an X for durability. Uh, thoughts on Mr. Lau? I mean, hey, this is a guy who's finished. Very high in MVP voting uh, in both 2020 and 2021. Uh, if, if you are talking about getting the best hitter out there uh, of the guys that we're talking about today, he's the one. I mean, he's, he's the guy. You, you're going to want him uh, in the middle of the lineup. That's going to make the lineup better. And because of that, are you going to be able to get him? And, and I think that certainly could be a question with any trade candidate that's out there today. But in terms of giving yourself a big upgrade. Remember, people have been looking for a big boost to this White Sox lineup, and I'm not saying that Brandon Lau is necessarily better than Andrew Benintendi or not, but if you're looking for the biggest boost you can get, Benintendi was a decently sized boost, though I don't think a lot of people saw it that way. Lau would probably be even bigger given the position, right? And you're getting one of the second basemen out there. Um, but again, it's can the White Sox get him? What does a White Sox trade look like? If you're giving up somebody that's just going to create another hole on the roster, I don't necessarily think that that's very much worth it. Um, and Colson Montgomery is really probably the only uh, minor league trade piece that's going to get other teams really salivating. So uh, Brandon Lau would be a, a very good acquisition for the White Sox, but can they make it happen? I do not know. First thing I would have him do is a uh, pronunciation of his name to be low because that's how it's spelled. Low just irritates me, especially didn't they have Nathaniel Low on the same team a couple of years ago? It was just irritating. It's like, oh, the it's Ranger. Not, yeah, the now he Ranger, is now. Yeah. But I think they were both on the Rays at times. Like, yeah. it was Nathaniel Low, and there's Brandon Low. Spelled this exactly the same way. If he returns to form in 2021 where he hit almost 40 home runs and drove in about 100, easy. Easy, uh choice for me but like you said the durability hurt all last year but back problems I think maybe can be attributed to playing on that crappy field playing on the turf of uh, Tropicana field it might have exasperated the problem that you know a good manicured uh, sod father field feels a little bit better 
What That's a man, you're a man who's making great point. I mean, Mike Clevenger praised about the mount, and and he, I mean, he that was the first thing he talked about. Sean is over there grinning ridiculously, which means I feel the like man he's about gold, to throw real cold water on this Brandon Lau. No, idea. it's the man with the golden rink. I was just excited that you're bringing up the Sodfather. So the I mean, like Mike Clevenger's talking about why he signed is the, is the Sodfather's mount. So of course, Brandon Lau is is going to be fixed by the White Sox that is, field. That is a crappy That's field a in St. Pete. That's though. one hell of a take. The only thing that I would have, well, besides their injury, is it's very seldom do you get a good player from the Tampa Bay Rays that performs like he performed for the Tampa Bay Rays. Uh, our guy, uh, Jimbo, who was out at the Bears tailgate, said, uh, see Jeff Kepinger uh, and see Austin Meadows. Yeah. Uh, Austin Meadows didn't do too well with the Tigers. He had a lot of different issues, um, be it with the Tigers, but uh, that didn't work out too well. With that uh, Matthew Libatory hasn't done as much as he's supposed mm-hmm. to as yet for the Cardinals, but they got a perennial rookie of the year, uh, Randy Arozarena, doing well for them. So I, it's there's a person that I will mention later for my second base choice that actually has b- done well as a former Ray that got traded by them. That's a guy that I'm excited to talk about. I think I'm actually going to keep him for last. Let's go okay. to the trade market here, though. I don't have anything to really douse Lau. I mean, I'm just really concerned about the back issue. Like, I mean, like if, if they are willing to trade him, I don't think that back's going to be guess, too good. I, I guess, guess. The, the point, though, is right now, given what the White Sox have, you're not saying no. Oh, no. I mean, You're if, not oh, saying no. no. You if, might be like, if, oh, if, no. the guy might have a back issue, but Lott, Brandon Lott with a back issue is better than whatever Lenin Sosa could be today. Yeah, I want right. I want somebody yeah. with power. And literally, yeah. like, what what I wanted from Andrew Benatendi was, or I'm sorry, what I wanted from the left field signing was power. I didn't get that in Andrew Benatendi. If they deliver that with Brandon Lau, I will be the last person to complain. Yeah, like, and would, even if it doesn't work, I think most White Sox fans like, man, you got Brandon Lau in the pretty much a hard of his career with two or three years left on his contract. I'm fine with it. And I think most reasonable White Sox fans, like, this is a great move by Rick Hahn and Kenny Williams. Even if it doesn't work out later on, I kind of uh, compare it to the Madrigal slash uh, Kimbrough trade, where I thought at the time it was working for both teams. I think getting Brandon Lowe, no matter what, is going to work for the White Sox, even if the results are not favorable. And I'll say that before we move on from the Rays, the Rays got a lot of infielders, by the way, young and veteran. Isaac Paredes is a is a mm-hmm. guy who performed amazingly last year, and you know it's it's something that they could maybe find a solution that's not Brandon Lau still on that same Tampa Bay Rays team. Yeah. The reason I bring up Brandon Lau is because of that Rays trade history, where it's like, oh, Blake Snell won the Cy Young, get him out of here. You know, <laughs> like I could see them doing that because you go. Most teams, you would look for the depth, right? I saw somebody bring up uh, St. Louis in the comments, and, you know, they've got some young guys who are maybe blocked by some more established guys right now. Oh, go get that guy. Get their depth piece, and maybe you don't have to give up as much. But with Tampa, you just go to the top of your wish list because it just seems they trade anybody at any moment. Yeah, right. I mean, uh, if we're picking from Cardinals prospects, like, yeah, I would love Mason Wynn on the south side. Like, that guy throws 107 from the shortstop position. Um, but, yeah, I just, like, you know, Taylor Walls is a guy from the Rays that, like, is a little bit like he was a prospect, now he isn't a prospect. Like, he wasn't that great with the Rays. Like Taylor, all in all, we're just another brick in the walls. Yes. Yeah. That's yeah. perfect. I was laughing at Jimbo's. Um, uh, Brandon Lau is actually pronounced Dan Ugla. Yes, that was a good one. <laughs> uh, let's move now to a different different trade and it's Gliber Torres of the Yankees we've brought him up uh, we'll stay in the AL East he checks the power obviously not as well as Brandon Lau did um, but with his uh, 36 home runs that is near the top of the players that we're talking about it's third um, defense he is at a minus 5.4 so he's a little bit better than Lau but again still below average at the position but durability he has played over 300 games in the past three years since 2020 so I'll take that What's the motivation for the Yankees to move this guy? Um, they have Volpe and another... Peraza. Per, yeah, uh, who yeah. are top prospects that seem to be moving their way up. And then, yeah, Peraza as well. Already would, on the team. Yeah, are, yeah, would yeah. Just, and played well uh, yeah. at the shortstop position. And so that's what I'm saying. Like, are they actually motivated to move him? Or they're putting his name out to see what they can get because they know they have these prospects behind them. This is the only thing. I don't want to give up a lot. And I know the Yankees would ask for a decent amount to get Gliber Torres off of their team and come to the White Sox. The player? Yeah, I'll take him in a second at second base. But I don't know if you have to part with Montgomery. You have to part with Ramos or people that you don't want to part with on the White Sox staff. And I don't know if Gliber Torres is the player that I would want to uh, have these guys be mortgaged and the future be gone. 
Yeah, you're absolutely right. And I think that applies to basically anybody that would get you, the White Sox fan, excited. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. If they're going to go out and trade for the a player the caliber of Josh Harrison or maybe even a little better, and, you know, the, the trade in which they don't give anything up, you're not getting Gliber Torres back. You're not getting Brandon Lau back. So who knows? They might not even be able to make that trade, right, that Torres trade, that Lau trade. If you're going to – the trade that they're able to make, the Connor Pilkington for Cesar Hernandez trade over again that they're able to make right now is going to get you that caliber of second baseman. And so you have to be ready, if you're a White Sox fan, for that hole maybe to be filled with somebody who's not terribly exciting but might still be an upgrade. Just with the Lau and Torres discussion, who is more likely to be traded in your guys' mind? Uh, Lau is signed for 2023, 2024, and then in 2025 and 2026, he has a player option. So four more years of control for Brandon Lau. Gliber Torres will be a free agent in two years. So maybe who has more motivation to move one of these players? Who's more likely to move this offseason, Lau or Torres? I would say the Rays would have more motivation to move a guy who's taken up money on their books. Yes. They operate on a shoestring budget down there. They do it exceptionally well. Um, A trade like that would be a Tampa Bay Rays thing to do in that it frees up a few nickels and pennies here that they can reorganize in a very different way to make them competitive moving forward, to keep them competitive moving forward. That being said... If you're getting that same production that we talked about from Brandon Lau that gets you in the top 10 of MVP voting for what they're paying Brandon Lau, that's a very raised thing to do as well. So uh, I would I would say they're probably more motivated coming off of that injury season. But again, he's, he's, he's such a bargain if he's going to be the guy that he was two years ago. I would agree. Uh, Lau is probably the more motivated. And I was, was asking you about the Yankees thing. Like, he's a good player. Glaber is a good player. And they're going for it and to have 36 plus home runs as a middle infielder is a valuable thing for them and any other team so why would they move off of that if his contract is not prohibitive which the Yankees don't give a damn about that and there's not a person that giving them their specific deal I'm sure they're not like we need to get rid of Gliber Torres they're like we'll get rid of him for our price yeah, yeah. well, well I mean maybe they want to improve their defense and, and you know they don't need 36 home runs over the past three years at second base because they have 62 in left field. So, you know, power isn't really what so they're... It's always good to get more. They need. Um, <laughs> hey, uh, you're not wrong. Um, all right, let's go to one of the other options before we take another break here. Um, do we want to stay with the trades? We got... We did Jose Iglesias. We did Nick Madrigal. We did Gliber Torres. We did Brandon Lau. Um, yeah, let's stick with uh, let's, let's stick with the trades here. Let's go with uh, Herb's guy, Jake Cronenworth. Um, Jake Cronenworth is going to be bringing the power... He's going to be bringing the defense, and he's going to be bringing the durability. Will uh, he be bringing Denoise and bringing Defunk too? <laughs> always brings Denoise and Defunk. Uh, Jake Cronenworth played 364 games, the most that we uh, will be uh, the most out of any of the players that we're talking about since 2020. I love the Crone Zone. Oh, the Crone Zone's best. a great place. Uh, 42 home runs, uh, second most about the players that we're talking about, and defense. He is the third best defender that we'll be talking about. So he checks all of these. Uh, Boxes, I think, phenomenally, like uh, exceedingly well. This is pie in the sky, of course, because James Cronenworth's a two-time All-Star. He's been good for the San Diego Padres, but you see the dynamic shifting there in San Diego with Xander Bogart's going to be playing shortstop. Then you got to move Hassan Kim somewhere. He played a fantastic shortstop last year. They're most likely going to be moving him to second base, and then their plan is to have Jake Cronenworth as the first baseman going in next year. But also, they're thinking about signing back Drury. They're thinking about signing back Jerickson Profar. So, where's their former... And they have Fernando Tatis. Yeah, where's their former (laughs) shortstop going to play? Is he going to play in left field or center and displace the actual gold glover in Trent Grisham or probably left field for himself? Manny Machado's out to 2023, too. And Manny Machado's going to be leaving maybe next year. He's definitely opting out. I don't know if he's going to be leaving. So, you need to have options open so they wouldn't want to trade Jake Cronenworth and you would have to bowl them over with a great deal to get Jake Cronenworth this is a player that I would trade Colson Montgomery and others a lot others to get because the the value at the player at the second at second base with the durability with the power with the left-handed bat everything and he's also a reliever relieving pitcher so Rick would love him um (laughs) this guy would Solve a lot of White Sox problems. Left-handed hitter, but it's going to take a lot. And I don't know if the White Sox have what it takes or if even the Padres are entertaining training. But there's a a glut of good players 
in the San Diego organization that they have to move. And if they can get something for Jake Cronenworth, uh, who's coming into his first year of arbitration, I believe, they can probably uh, turn that around pretty quickly and have the options for Fernando Tatis, either left field or first base or whatever he needs to play. You brought up Colson Montgomery again. I know we've mentioned him a couple times already today. I don't see him going anywhere. Mm-hmm. I don't see the White Sox trading him, not not only because he's a very good player, it seems, and he's got, uh, you know, they've got really high hopes for him, but Tim Anderson's contract is up when? Uh, two 20, years now, right? Two, you've got two more years with uh, under, t- under this yeah, contract? Yeah, 2025 will be a free agent. There's a question uh, later on. Uh, in in the chat about it, but yeah, twenty twenty five will be a free agent. And I mean, guys, you know what we think of, of Tim Anderson on this show, and, and and you know he is a guy that is obviously not going anywhere in a trade. Uh, a guy who is the heart and soul of that team when it is firing on all cylinders. But free agency is free agency, uh, you know. And we just saw Jose Abreu put on another mm-hmm. uniform. Is Tim Anderson going to do that one day? I'm not saying you know he's going to demand out before the contract is over. I'm just saying Colson Montgomery seems like a pretty nice insurance policy. If there is a even a m- bit of danger that Tim Anderson leaves to go play somewhere else in free agency, I, I, Jose Rodriguez is a great uh, uh, second uh, <laughs> insurance guy. Like I wouldn't even trade Rodriguez too because what if Colson is just too big to play shortstop? Like what if he's just not fast enough at a major league level to play shortstop? Rodriguez seems to be a little bit. Uh, Thinner at frame, still providing some pop. Nimbler? Uh, nimbler, perhaps? Yeah, nimbler, um, right? Uh, you know, I feel like, you know, he's got the ability to play shortstop, so Colson might move over to third when, you know, Yohan's contract might move, uh, move up. Maybe they move him to first. Uh, he's probably athletic enough to play a corner outfield position, so I don't know it's a given that Montgomery will be a major league shortstop. It's just he's a guaranteed sh- major leaguer, I think, just with the way that he's been hitting. Um, but I think keeping Rodriguez would be smart, too. Like Ramos, I'd be fine moving away from. Uh, but we'll talk about a little bit about T.A. In, uh, in just a second. Let's take a break here. Um, I think Cronenworth would be, again, pie in the sky, fantastic. Mm-hmm. Um, over the past two years, StatCast expected home runs. 47 at guaranteed rate field. So uh, over the past two years, 27 in 2021, 20. Uh, in 2022 that would be huge for the White Sox if they could get that lefty who plays that great of defense is always there every single day of course that checks every single box yeah Yeah, I mean I don't don't really care about the price you know if they get rid of one of Montgomery and Rodriguez oh well but I mean Cronenworth pretty damn good one of the trades the Rays actually lost yes um hey very few you got to lose some of them uh we never lose with ComEd, though. Uh, the ComEd Energy Efficiency Program is committed to helping families and businesses and the communities we serve manage energy usage and lower energy bills. Now into the future, ComEd offers a wide array of incentives on lighting and other efficiency upgrades to commercial, industrial, and public sector customers of all sizes across our territory. And customers can inquire about how to upgrade outdating lighting to energy money and saving efficient LED lights. Learn more about network lighting to operate your lights through your mobile device and track your energies or track your facility's energy usage and more. Incentives have recently increased for indoor-outdoor lighting and network lighting controls, making these projects even more cost-effective than ever before. So visit comed.com slash poweringbiz, that's powering B-I-Z, now to start saving money and energy. And to start a project, contact us at one 433 2700 And for more information, email businessee at comed.com or publicsectoree at comed.com. Again, visit comed.com slash poweringbiz now to start saving money and energy and we also got to let you know about foco uh we got some foco stuff back here on the set chicago you've already got the best coverage for your favorite teams so get fitted in the best sports gear around foco has you covered from soldier field to the front room north or south side east or west side with hoodies slippers signs bobbleheads and everything in between also um was talking to kevin kaduk and you guys a little bit earlier um north or south side um doesn't include orland park uh, which is in the suburbs, by the way. That is a suburb. It is a south suburb. It is not on the south side. I say that south side encapsulates all the south, the surrounding south suburbs. You can be a south sider without being a Chicagoan. I say that. So that's what you are, I south disagree. Sider. I mean, it's a, it's a suburb. You'd write, if you're going to mail something, it would say Orland Park, Illinois. You're not a Chicagoan. You're a south sider. Yeah. yeah. I don't, I've never I'm, liked this discussion. I'm... 
if, listen, if you live in Chicago land, you can identify as a Chicago, and that's fine with me. With hoodies, slippers, signs, <laughs> bobbleheads, and everything in between, uh, get decked out like tomorrow with apparel from the leaders in sports merch and collectibles, FOCO. If you're looking for the perfect gift for football fans in your life, FOCO's got you covered with hoodies to fight that Lake Michigan breeze. Check out FOCO, or yeah, check out FOCO.com, uh, F-O-C-O, or click the link in the description below. For online pre-sale items, use the promo code CHGO for 10% off. Again, F-O-C-O.com, or click the link in the description below. For online pre-sale items, use the promo code CHGO, again, for 10% off. Um, Wait, just Herb, does this mean if you're from Naperville, you're a Westsider? No, no. Okay. Naperville, no. Just checking. So where's the cutoff for you? No, I think specifically Southsiders, like, are, or more sub- generic. South subor- suburban nights. talking about the culture. Are, like, more connected to the Southside and the White Sox than any other you know, Parson, like the Northsiders, uh, like they don't necessarily Cub fans. Or North, very, Shore, that's North Shore people are not necessarily Cub fans. But you go to the South South Side and South Suburban guys, those are dyed-in-the-wool Southsiders. They just probably wanted to be in the suburbs a little bit more. Or, or, or hey, you know, they just have a, a lot more money to uh, spread Palermos. their legs. Hey. Oh. Uh, Palermo's. nice. Polish sausage. <laughs> This is my South Side. Keep going, You're doing great. Yeah, I mean, come on. Uh, Vito and Nick's. Let them cook. Or is it Nick and Vito's? Vito and Nick's. It's Vito and Nick's. I was just at Vito and Nick's number two the, uh, like a couple weekends ago. Amazing. Number two? Number two. Yeah, it's out in uh, like Why would Palos you name Hills. that a restaurant? Huh. <laughs> it's not Vito and It's not just number two. No, That's yeah. not a bad point, Sean. I don't know. It's just the second, the it's second, the second one. Yeah, yeah, I could tell, but like, why don't you just do Vito and Nick's two electric boogaloo? Like, I don't know. Like, uh, is it, was it good? It was amazing. Vito and Nick's number two. And it's like I.I. Oh, okay. Like it's I.I. I. All right. See, Episode it, two. Yeah, I thought yeah. it was like. It's, the, it's a real Attack of the Clones situation two. is what it is. Yeah. It's not like Taco Burrito Palace number two, which <laughs> hey, is amazing. I used to go there all the time. Oh, yeah. yeah. It's usually around two in the morning. Yep. This, Absolutely. This, this seems like a completely different place. It's, I mean, it was tasted just like the original to me. It was, uh, it was delicious. Mm. Hickory Hills, though. Right. Hickory Hills are those. That's a great one to say with that accent, Herb. Hickory Hills. Hickory Hills. Hickory Hills. Payless. Payless. Seven zero eight four three zero two eight zero zero. That's a good. That's a good line from Al. He's a far south sider in Mississippi. Nice. <laughs> that's the far south side, all there the way go. down there. Mercy. All right, stretch as as Hawk would say. Uh, let's go into the final. They got all two. my money in Gulfport, Mississippi. Yeah. Mercy. Uh, speaking <laughs> of Hawk, Hawk Ford out there, as you brought up, Vinny. Yeah. Mercy. That's in Oakland. They got, Street in Oakland. they got all my money in Hawk Ford. <laughs> <laughs> um, right by Palermo's. Uh, let's go to Gene Segura next. We'll go into the free agents, and then we'll go uh, lightning round in the final mailbag questions. Uh, power for Gene Segura doesn't check that box there. Uh, doesn't hit a ton of home runs, 31 in the past 22. Right, well, hey, hold on. Maybe we should have this debate real quick. I put an X there. Mm-hmm. He has 31 home runs in 283 games. Um but Gleyber Torres has 309 uh, games played, but 36 home runs. So five more home runs, but, you know, about 20 more games played. So should Gene Segura be getting a check mark here? I don't know. I don't know if anybody's like power bat Gene Segura. No. You know what I mean? I think he's, he's – listen, he would be good. He would be an upgrade. He would be good. I don't think he would be a f- huge upgrade over Josh Harrison, especially when Josh Harrison is, you know, playing well, you know. Uh, but – He's an upgrade over what they got, and I think the idea is do you want to pay Gene Segura as much as it would cost to get Gene Segura here to be only that little bit of an upgrade? Right. Um, I agree, yeah. that's. I would love him on the team just because I spoke earlier. You want more certainty in the lineup. But, yeah, he's not going to be the power bat that Lau or Jake, Jake Cronenworth are. He's going to be a solid defender that's going to give you – you know, those, what, 36 home runs you said in two mm-hmm. years? I'll take them in a second. But I don't think that uh, spending a lot of money on Gene Segura is a wise decision when you have a, such a limited budget. We, now, if they get them for their price, under, where, under market value, I'm taking them. And that's possible. Maybe he's one of those guys that's looking for a job in February, right? And mm-hmm. and the, the White Sox could, could capitalize at a, at a lower cost. Um, looking at isolated power, Glaber Torres, uh, 150. 
Gene Segura, 136. Josh Harrison, 120 over the past three years. Um, so basically in the middle there, 14-point uh, difference between him and Torres, 16-point difference between him and Harrison. So I guess he leans a little bit towards more Torres, but uh, let's still give him an X. He is the best defender we're talking about, at least by the defense value on Fangraphs at a 17. Uh, the next highest, again, is Cronum, or uh, sorry, Iglesias at 12.4. Um, so he's got a pretty marginal gap there. Um, and then durability, he's played about 283 games, so we'll give him a check there. Final guy I want to bring up, he is a lefty, and then we'll wrap up this, this discussion. Um, power, he checks. Um, 22 home runs in only 227 games, but isolated power uh, near 200 at 198. It's Matt Carpenter. Uh, his defense, a clear X, hasn't played second base since 2019. And durability, um, he's broken his foot twice now uh, in 2019 he uh, was out for six to eight weeks uh, after he fouled the ball off his foot and broke it and then in 2022 after he had a 1000 OPS in 34 games for the Yankees uh, followed a ball off of his foot and broke it that's so, bad luck right there um, bad luck well, look um, at that so mustache it's a beautiful mustache it's a beautiful mustache I mean do, do we need another mustache guy hey you can never have enough <laughs> but I think uh, the point is the the one you brought up which is is he able to play second base anymore? I mean, and this is not a guy who we're talking about where it's, oh, oh, Elvis Andres, an athletic shortstop, a guy who's mastered shortstop. Could he slide over to second base and succeed? A lot of people are saying, yeah, of course he can do it. It's fine. Matt Carpenter is a guy who has aged out of second base, it has seemed. Um, that probably would not uh, uh, work out super well from a defensive standpoint. He's been playing mostly first, if I'm not mistaken, for the last few years, right? So, um, I, I misspoke. Uh, last time he played uh, second base Cardinals. was in the 2018 season, not the 2019 season. He played 83 uh, innings, um, but last year he played mostly outfield. Oh. 106 innings uh, in the outfield, I think specifically mostly right field, 85 innings. Uh, played 25 innings at first base, 16 innings at third base, um, and then also, also bouncing back between right and left field. So, I mean, he's he's corner guy mostly, but hey, Matt, we'll, we'll, give, you, we'll give you a major league starting job to hit home runs. You don't Not need to be base. great at second base. Right. Not at second right. base, no. <laughs> Man doesn't play second base, and when he did, if I recall correctly, he wasn't that great as a second baseman in 2018. Didn't he get replaced with, like, Paul DeYoung or something like that? Um, One of the... Cardinal mini rookies they brought up. It's like, oh, that's, yeah. that's enough from Matt Carpenter. Let's move him to third. And then I don't think he's the second baseman that the White Sox need. Now, if you want to bring him off a bench and as a better option for left-handed power than Gavin Sheets, I can talk. But his price is going to be exorbitant for a person that of that uh, role. So, no, I'm good on Matt Carpenter. I like his mustache, though. Yeah, it, it works. Seems, well, does it leave if he leaves the Yankees? That's the thing. He used to be a big beard guy, Ugh. a big Dallas Keuchel kind of beard guy. And uh, when he go, when you go to the Yankees, obviously you got to clean things up. We get a great stash out of the deal, but how how long is it really sticking wonder, around? Maybe Dylan wonder, would, you know, if Carlos motivate Rodon him a little more. Yeah, oh, to he's gonna mustache. have to clean. He's gonna have to clean things. Up. Rodon's gonna have to. Rodon's after gonna have to go clean her mustache. Him and in, that was the thing. Like I was upset because, um, like. Obviously, I'm just upset about Rodon in general, but like he's now going to go to New York. I think he's going to at least try a mustache because Nestor has a mustache, which just makes me think like if Dylan, they were the, ba the what was the Backyard Boys or whatever? They had their little show on YouTube opening their, up uh, baseball cards. Yeah. thing. Yeah. If Dylan grows a mustache, I back think room, right? Yeah, back yeah. room, yeah. back room boys. Uh, if, if Dylan's growing a mustache and having success in 2022 and Carlos is still on the team, Carlos is growing a mustache. So I don't know. I felt like we, we missed out on an opportunity there. Shocker. Any final thoughts on second base before we wrap this up? We good? I, I again, I think the final thought is if they're going to trade for somebody, who 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 are they trading? Yeah. You know, I, I don't think I don't think anybody is really settled on that. I mean, you know, it's not a situation where there are some people who would say, "Oh, I'd give up Giolito four, I'd give up Hendricks four, I'd give up Colson Montgomery four. What does an actual trade look like that the White Sox want to do and are comfortable doing? I mean, they're still, as I think we discussed earlier, they still have to make the trade. They're uh, Rick Hahn pretty much said, like, we're more in the trade market than the actual free agent market. And, of course, they signed two free agents. If they want to do a trade, I would think it'd be more feasible during the second base market than the right field market. Yeah, I, I just, I don't know. I, I don't know who they're going to trade. I don't know who they trade with. I just, I don't see uh, the deal happening yet, but I think they're willing to wait. They, they waited out Benintendi, and they got... Seemingly their guy, so they'll probably wait out second base. So they um, got 67 days until spring training. And I ran a poll that was asking, uh, what would you like the White Sox to do at second base? Either 
uh, sign or trade for outside help or plug in a player inside the organization, 87% of the votes said sign or trade for outside help. Okay. So, um, yeah. Sensible. I, it, it seems like that is the last glaring hole. I know people don't love Colos, but I don't know if it's a glaring hole. It's a guy that deserves a shot. I guess the question is, if you're going to try to win the World Series, are you going to just give shots to guys, or should you be going for somebody a little bit more proven? But listen, if if, if everything that Rick Hahn has said about their payroll is to be believed, then that lines up with that a little a, a lot better than trying to go find someone that's cheap out there and gives you that same certainty. It felt like Vaughn was square peg round hole, where this is like, the round hole is made out of ice and it's just melting. You know, he's just gotta, you just gotta wait out time and then maybe at some it point Colas will fit. Fall. I don't know. Uh, let's go into the final diehard members. We're gonna lightning round this. Uh, Lawrence, try to keep a timer on us if you have one. Uh, we're gonna. Oh, I totally forgot about that. It's okay. Do we have one or no? Uh, well, I could maybe do one. Uh, well, maybe. Let me see okay. if I can do this here. All right, let's we're see. gonna try to do lightning round. Um, if if we don't have a timer, we're gonna at least try to go. You know, under about you know a minute thirty. Oh, it looks like, like you got something. Minute thirty, we think. Yeah, minute thirty. Is that too short? No. I mean, Ninety seconds for the whole. How many questions? Uh, I don't know, but I mean, it's it's <laughs> it's four fifty six. So I mean, a minute. Really slapping this together. Here we go. Oh well, I mean, it was an idea. Yeah, a minute. I like we it. Got it. I like right, it. Right, we'll do a minute. A minute works. Yeah, a minute. All let's right, go. let's go. All right, here we go. Um, oh, 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 Hold okay. Well, right. got to He's got to set it up. It's also already counting down. Yeah, well, he'll, he's, he'll be able to restart it. Give me a minute. Let's Take your time. Pause this. Well, I mean, we're going to give ourselves a minute. Uh, let's see. Why don't you go to the first question? Shout out. And to then Lawrence. I will have this oh, let's go set the first up question. by the time. Well, he's, he's got to flash the first question. Oh, um, yeah, I, we'll go to the first true. question. All right. Uh, yeah. So the first question is going to be, uh, we'll save that one for last. Um, so we'll go to uh, any chance the, White Sox. You want, you want to do the Colas one? Yeah, let's do the Colas one. Uh, any chance the White Sox acquire another starting outfield and keep Colas in AAA for at least the part of the season, at least we'll say to start the season. So any chance the White Sox acquire another starting outfielder, uh, Vinny, time starts now. I think it's po- I think it's definitely possible, but it would have to be at their price and a pretty low price at that. I think it's possible, but I don't know if the White Sox are feeling paying for another outfielder when they've already paid their highest price of any free agent ever for Benintendi. Then they would probably have to put in a pretty penny for the next guy in right field where they have a solution already in Oscar Colas. Yeah, I mean, I'm excited for him. He's only 25. Like, it, I mean, the White Sox rushed Andrew Vaughn when he was, you know, playing less than 150 games in the minors. Uh, Nick Magical didn't hit, have that extensive of a run. Uh, Oscar Colas has had a lot of time playing baseball, more times than some of the other projects they've rushed to the major league. So I would be absolutely fine if he is the opening day right fielder. I would say no. Um, if I had a choice, I would say Adam Duvall. It doesn't seem like Conforto's likely, um, but uh, Duvall seems like it would be a fun addition. All right, thank you, Who's Your Daddy, for that question. Look at that. You uh, guys still have nine seconds to talk. So it's a minute per question. Yeah, I thought it was a minute question. for all of them. No, I was no, trying no. to be so fast. Okay, That would have been way too fast. Um, yeah, I mean, you no. guys, I think, both ended around 48. Uh, let's go to the next question. Uh, I think it's, mm, yeah, from Kay Jelly. Uh, is Billy Hamilton the last, oh, this is, I guess, is the same free agent, uh, the last outfielder uh, to, to be signed by the White Sox this offseason? Um, I will say no. Um, this is basically my ability to get the Jason Hayward agenda uh, on the podcast again. Uh, Jason Hayward has been signed by the Dodgers, of course, to a minor league deal. So uh, the one other minor league outfielder I wanted them to sign uh, was Jason Hayward. Doesn't seem like that's going to happen. I think their focus probably for at least minor league depth will be on starting pitching just because the organization lacked that a lot in the minor leagues. So uh, I don't know about uh, another outfielder being signed here. It seems like trade will be possible. And if not, I think Colossus is the opening day fielder. I don't think they're going to sign another outfielder. Uh, my heart of hearts says they're not going to do that. And so, yeah, Billy Hamilton, Victor Reyes will be your fourth and fifth outfield options. I mean, there's no guarantee those two guys even make the team, to be quite honest. A minor league deal, I think, is something that could happen at any moment because it is such a flyer. I don't think you're going into it saying, we're going to sign a guy to a minor league deal and hopefully he's the fourth outfielder. I I don't think that's the way you approach it. Um, So is it the last guy they give a minor league deal to? Who knows? Maybe not. They could give it to anybody they want. Um, let's go to the next question here. Hey, right under. These are awesome. I don't even have to hit the uh, you know the noise or anything. This is great. I don't hey. want to hear that that that. Uh, I don't want to hear that ho- that uh, family feud horn. <laughs> thank you, Who's Your Daddy, and uh, thank you to uh, K Jelly on that one. Right, it's K Jelly. Yep. 
um, if they get a K-Jelly on that one. Uh, next one, who's your daddy again? Could the Sox be looking at an extension for TA given the smaller payroll on the books in 2025 and beyond given the market we've seen for shortstops? What could some numbers look like? He's 32 years old. I would be shocked to see him get any double-digit contract here. Uh, timer has started. What do we think of a TA extension? I think we've talked about Colson Montgomery a lot. And if they're not going to trade him, there's a reason why they want him. They see him projected as the shortstop of the future. And they could just let Timmy's uh, contract run out. And I don't think they're going to extend him as uh, before his contract runs out. If Tim Anderson wants to do a contract extension with the White Sox, it would make sense for the White Sox to be interested. Uh, he is worth far more to them, to Herb, as you talk about all the time, than just the numbers on the stat sheet. And I think that they would be interested in such a thing. The question is, does he want to do that, or does he want to go to free agency where he can get all these teams bidding for him and get the kind of contracts like the ones that were handed out this winter? Yeah, I don't see it happening, but we do see him going to driveline. So maybe he is trying to bolster his power, try to look at the make some of those offensive net stats a little bit more pretty. Oh, you uh, look at his Dansby Swanson last two years. Uh, right, I mean, the home runs were there um, mm-hmm. for, for Dansby. I mean, Dansby did play every single day um, last year, which I think was also a boost, and he has such great fielding numbers. But, uh, yeah, I don't know. Uh, I would say, Tim, extension's a weird number just because he's at 32 for a shortstop. Uh, another one from uh, Clark here, uh, know it none. Uh, with the exception of the sky, when was the last time Chicago sports was this depressing? Uh, 1982. Uh, 1982, the Cubs did not make the playoffs. They went 73-89. and 89. The White Sox in 1982, obviously right before 1983, uh, the Tony La Russa team went 87-54. and 54. Uh, then the Bulls back in 82. This was right before they got Jordan. Uh, they did not make the playoffs. I don't have the actual uh, Should I have not have. started the clock yet? I feel like oh, this no. is going to uh, uh, When was the last time it was this depressing? Sorry. I mean, that whole time, I think about it all the time, where the White Sox in 83 like broke a long playoff drought for baseball teams in Chicago. Like The playoff team before that one, I think was like the f- 59 White Sox, the Go Go White Sox before that yeah. Chicago baseball. Like, that is a long, that's generations in between there. Yeah, the 80s, like when I was born in 78 and I got to see the Bears win the Super Bowl, sorry, I'm taking all the time, was a You're golden fine. time because of it was such a dirt in this town. I took up all the time. That's on me. Vinny? Yeah, I, I think what folks need to remember, again, I wasn't alive for much of this stretch, but. I mean, think about that from the from the Cubs making the uh, or from the White Sox, I should say, in the fifties, the Go Go White Sox, all the way through to the Bears uh, in the Super Bowl. I mean, you had some good Bears teams in there, uh, you know, the the Gale Sayers, Dick Buckus years, but I mean, year. the seventies, the entire decade of the seventies, <laughs> what was going on, right? Nothing. I mean, it. Uh, so Just this was this was this is not a uh, a very happy state of affairs, be it. White Sox, Cubs, Bears, Bulls, Hawks, whatever. But it's not an entire decade quite yet. We're looking at we're looking at one year. Uh, let's move on to 2023 and hope for better things. And if you took out the Bulls from the 90s, big ask. Um, but if you took them out, like that was a pretty rough go for the... the With for, the exception the, of the six championships that were won. Again, yeah. I said except for the... Nine, you know, it, was, it was a stretch. Um, but the Blackhawks, like, they, they, made it to the, the, they made it to the final, but they lost and got their ass kicked oh, by, the by the Yeah, Penguins. but the um, teams were competitive and good in the 90s there. And true, the, but the, the White Sox and Bulls... playoffs in 98. Yeah, the, the Cubs in 98. Sox the White, in 93. Ellis uh, Burks catching the last out of that uh, the so yeah, division. Um, like, the White Sox, they're, but, like, their best team, their chances to win a World Series were ousted by the, the lockout. Right. The yeah, Cubs never made the playoffs. The, Bo- the well, Bears once, were. Once, 98. Uh, right. Um, mm-hmm. And Bay. the Bears were terrible in the 90s. So, I don't know. But the 90s, you get to see the best White Sox player of all time. True. Um, but yeah, and so the six world championships. 70s and 60s. And, that, yeah. <laughs> I, and, and again. Former White Sox smart man do something in basketball. Way over time here. So. I wasn't alive in the 90s. My bad. Um, let's go to the final question. And again, it's from Clark. If you give the Sox... If you give Sox fans one gift this Christmas, what would it be? Uh, time starts now. Vinny, go. Eloy Robert Bobblehead. <laughs> Again? Well, I, no, I haven't oh, given it to oh, anybody. Oh, you're saying, yeah. like, what would you gift a yeah, Sox right, fan yeah. in your life? Okay, yeah. I read that question differently. Yeah. My bad. Okay. Yeah. I thought Sox fans as a collective. Oh, yeah. They just need to cheer up, so give them an Eloy Robert Bobblehead. They'll put a smile right on their face. I would give them on that thing. I thought you were going Eloy Robert, like, health. 
That's what I would give him. I'm not. It. I'm not magic, Herb. Yeah, hey, <laughs> not Magic Johnson. Oh, Santa's that. magic. <laughs> but um, you know, something where they're just a little sniff. You saw how much White Sox fans were so happy about Andrew Benintendi, and he's above average player. Imagine if you give him another above average player. That would be breaking the bank. People would actually want to go to White Sox games next year, signing some uh, uh, season tickets deals. That'll be a good thing for the White Sox if they just signed somebody. I got seven seconds left. You know what would be uh, huge? You know what would be a huge addition to, to for White Sox fans? Hmm. Bringing back the goose. All right? We need to bring the goose back in 2023. Some way, somehow, the goose needs to be back in Sox fans' lives. Uh, that's going to do good it point. for uh, – thank you. Uh, that's going to do it for the CHGO White Sox show. And I saw somebody said Colson Montgomery 6'7". There's absolutely no chance he plays shortstop for the White Sox. Let me it's introduce like you to four. a man named O'Neill Cruz. He's also 6'7", killing for the Pittsburgh Pirates. Not true. He's not 6'7". Yeah, so it doesn't matter how tall he is. The man's going to play in the middle infield for the White Sox eventually, I believe. If Colson Montgomery is 6'7", he definitely picked the wrong career and should have been a basketball player as he was, uh, what, like Mr. Basketball in Indiana, which is a pretty good basketball school, So mm-hmm. or basketball t- state. I don't know. Um, that's going to do it. For the CH, I don't think he was Mr. Basketball. I think I made that up. Uh, that's going to do it for the CHGO White Sox podcast. Uh, I'm Sean Anderson. You can follow me on Twitter at Sean underscore W underscore Anderson. That's Herb Lawrence. You can follow him on Twitter at Eckenwell23. He's our CHGO White Sox community leader. That's Vinny Duber. You can follow him on Twitter at Vinny Duber. He's our CHGO White Sox beat writer. Thank you to Lawrence Benedetto for producing all 13 graphics, making the timer, yeah, and being a, a fantastic, fantastic producer. Thanks, we man. appreciate everyone for hanging out with us in the chat. Um, appreciate Matt, uh, Jordan, Raul, uh, everyone for hanging along with Jimbo us. Jimbo was cracking me up back here. Who was? Jimbo. Jimbo. He had a um, couple good singers. Jimbo was Montgomery good was good at basketball. Would have been a preferred walk-on on Indiana's basketball team if he would have kept on going and a scholarship player on their baseball team. Indiana's pretty good. There yeah. you go. Um, but that's going to do it for the CHGO White Sox podcast. Remember to like this video, subscribe to our YouTube channel. We're closing in on 23,000 uh, before 2023. Uh, so that's a huge goal for us. So make sure you're subscribing on the way out. We will talk to you tomorrow at 4 p.m. here on the CHGO Sports YouTube channel. Talk to you tomorrow. Go Sox.